We welcome into the program Isaac Shade. Isaac, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm good morning. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be back on. Hey, let's talk about this uh, a little bit. Uh, we were just, you know, we were just talking about it this morning. But uh, four of the five starters off that basketball team back next year. What what a what a way to begin your basketball season <laughs> by having that experience back uh, on the hardwoods. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy, particularly in this day and age with the transfer portal and NIL stuff and and COVID years of eligibility. To to know basically your entire roster on April twenty fifth is is unheard of now. Did, did was there one that was just kind of a surprise to you that that came back? Interestingly enough, the, the biggest surprise was not the biggest names. It was Leaky Black, um, simply because he's doing it using his COVID year. Right. Um, I, I think the way the way things progressed with Armando Baycott, um, he is not a first-round draft pick. I think the way things progressed with Caleb Love, he's a fringe first-round draft pick, depending on what mock draft you look at. And so we just are groomed to expect, because of the way – college eligibility goes that a player gets to their senior year they go through senior day activities and then they leave and so for leaky black to say you know what let's run this back one more time believe it or not that was the biggest surprise to me what is the biggest reason for the return of all these players for north carolina do you think it's just being on the doorstep is it the coaching is it the culture or is it a combination of everything Well, you you answered the question the exact way I would. I think it's a combination of all these things. I think it speaks hugely to what Hubert Davis was able to do in his first year as head coach. Uh, I think all four of these young men returning speaks volumes to what he, the the culture that he has set. Um, Not only the four of them returning, but some of the other men who, who look like they might be transfers coming back. I think the NIL landscape, in particular with Caleb Love, and Armando Baycott plays a huge role in them coming back because um, in this day and age, whereas typically a player who might be a second round projection would leave because G League money is better than no money in college. Now, when you're able to earn half a million dollars in college, that's, that's almost a no brainer. And then thirdly, yes, I, I believe there's something about being on the doorstep about being essentially an Armando Baycott injury away from a national championship leaves uh, not only a bitter taste in your mouth because you didn't get it done, but as a competitor, how can you not want to come back and finish that job? And that's where I wanted to go was NIL because we always know money talks. And that's been a lot of the reason a lot of these guys have, have left early when they didn't fully develop. Did the NIL landscape change for North Carolina once the championship happened or what is what's going on on campus regarding NIL and what are some of the inner workings behind it? That's a great question. Well, I mean, you asked specifically about Carolina. Honestly, this is going to be a nationwide phenomenon where we're going to see players who would otherwise have left in recent years sticking around and that's going to make college basketball infinitely better because you're going to have more name recognition. You're going to have more like Oscar Sheboy from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. The, the rumors are that his NIL deals are astronomical. And this guy's coming back as the national player of the year. And then when we do focus in on, on UNC, as you just asked, I think it absolutely changes. You, you might have gotten one of Armando Baycott or Caleb Love back, but I don't, I, I certainly don't think both of them are back in a pre NIL era. And so it, 
I mean, this could ultimately change the landscape of the success of Hubert Davis's first couple of years, specifically because NIL is a thing. So absolutely it plays a gargantuan role. Isaac, describe for us the relationship between Hubert Davis and his players. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. uh, that was a huge piece to them getting to the national championship. I mean, it, it looked at least from the outside looking in that there was a uh, there was a, a bond there that was just unbelievable. You're spot on. Uh, this man is first and foremost a a person. He's a human being. And so while a lot of coaches, you, you think back to someone like Bob Knight, who obviously yes uh, appreciates his players, but but is a is a general. That's why he got that nickname. Hubert Davis loves these young men. He, he said all season long, all lead up to the season, that he can't coach them if he doesn't know them. And so to that point, literally every week, he has a one-on-one sit-down meeting with his entire roster to, to check in on them, to talk to them about what they're doing well, what they're not doing well. And, and that's exactly what you see. As you said, they, they come off the court after some of these NCAA tournament games and just lock him up in an, in an embrace. And so I think part of that is him realizing, yes, I'm a head coach, but just like these guys, I, I'm a human being with aspirations. And, and ultimately, the, one of the biggest quantities in this world is love. And if I don't have that, if I don't have that rapport with my players, then what's it all for? You know, we're talking about the guys that are coming back off that starting roster. What does the bench look like for the Tar Heels? <laughs> well, that's a great question because – Um, you do have these four starters coming back who have made 45 starts together in their career. But the biggest question mark now for me is how do you plug the massive hole left behind by Brady Manick? Uh, We we can't overlook what a huge role he played in, in Carolina's success this year because he's able to unclog the interior to give Armando Baycott room to operate because Brady Manick led Carolina in three-point shooting this year. He had 98 made threes. That was the most on the team as a stretch four. And so someone from that bench that provides that depth is going to have to step in and be that four. My, my April 25th prediction is that that's going to be Puff Johnson to step in the starting lineup. I think he's at least going to get the first crack at it. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar with Puff, he is the younger brother of um, Phoenix Suns player Cam Johnson, who had a, a transferred from Pittsburgh and had a great Carolina career. Um, he has a lot of intangibles that Coach Davis loves in his players and also has the ability to, to stretch and hit it from three. However, unlike Manic, he is not a, a traditional post player in any sense of the word. And so that, that's going to be the question mark is what does that look like? I, I think another player that has a good shot at that is Dontra Stiles, who will be a sophomore. He brings elite athleticism to the floor, unlike Brady Manick. And so whether he's in the starting lineup or coming off the bench is going to be a great addition. As you know, your question to me is, what does the bench look like? Hubert Davis did not utilize his bench much last year. That's where we get the iron five from. The starters played all 20 minutes in the second half in beating Coach K and Cameron. And and so we're going to have to look at, was, was that a one-year off just based on the personnel that Hubert Davis had. We don't know because of the small sample size of one year of coaching. And so you got a great freshman class coming in. Will he be able to develop those guys? Will he have more trust with, with some of the other bench players still in Chapel Hill who didn't get much time last year? What does this work? How do they navigate the roster size? Because when you have so many guys coming back and you mentioned you have a lot of those freshmen that are already on the team and 
what you're bringing in as far as your 2023 class or 2022 class, do they have enough? I mean, I guess I, I could say roster positions open to bring somebody in on the portal, or are they jammed up right now where they don't have enough scholarships to even test the portal? Yeah, that's a great question. No, they so for those who are unaware, in college basketball, a team is allotted 13 scholarships. And as of now, all 13 of those are accounted for with these four guys coming back, with four freshmen coming in. And so that is eight. And then you've got the other five accounted for between the sophomores and juniors. So as of now, literally the scholarship roster is set. And so there, there is nothing Coach Davis can do in, in the transfer portal. There is a, a recruiting announcement they're waiting on this week from Gigi Jackson, who is class of 23. Um, but there, there's rumor that he could reclassify. But there's no point in it if, if Carolina doesn't have a scholarship open to him. And so to your point, they can't go find a Brady Manic in the transfer portal because literally they can't offer a scholarship unless it's somebody that could come in and, and pay their own way, which is highly unlikely. And so that, that is going to make it an interesting dynamic. It's great because you return, you know, 74% of your scoring from last year, you return 77% of your rebounds, 84% of your assists, things like that. But, but who brings in that fresh blood uh, that, that plays that Brady Manic role? Uh, it's not a possibility right now in the transfer situation. The run that North Carolina went on to get to the championship, how has or has it affected other sports on campus, such as Mac Brown's Carolina football team? That's a great question. I mean, I, success breeds success, right? When, when you see a team knocking it out of the park, especially a team who didn't have huge expectations, uh, I, I think it says to you, again, as a competitor, like, I can't let the basketball team do that and then me not show up, especially as you said for the, the football team that was a bit underwhelming last year. Th they want to show up and prove, hey, we're with our brothers from the basketball team. Now, one of the great things at the University of North Carolina is they have so many successful programs. Uh, all, all the spring sports that are still going are, are playing out of their minds. The women's lacrosse team is a great example. Undefeated, number one in the nation. Women's tennis, number one in the nation. So you've got all these great teams. But the football team is a perfect example of a team that can benefit from the success of the men's basketball team. After the spring uh, game on April 9th, where do you see this football team for Mac Brown? Where is the biggest improvement needed right now for them in the 2022 season? It's competitiveness. Uh, one of the things that Mac Brown has said a lot this offseason is that the, the team was essentially fat and happy coming off of, of uh, Mac Brown's second year Sam Howell's sophomore year, they just they were a year ahead of where they anticipated being, and they made it to the Orange Bowl against Texas A&M, had all these NFL talents all over the roster. Those guys left and are now starting, you know, for the Jets in the backfield or Javante Williams starting in the backfield for the Broncos. So you've got that level of talent leaving, and then it's Sam Howell and a whole new crop, and, and they just didn't have the capacity last year to continue moving a step forward. And so one of the things that Mac Brown instituted this year was literally every drill, everything they did was a competition because they want to see who's going to step on this field and, and lean into the moment and be a champion and compete at the highest level. The question marks are you got to replace folks all over the field. You've got a brand new defensive coordinator coming in. You've got a brand new offensive line coach coming in. You, you have a brand new quarterback coming in. You, you've lost the captain of your defense. 
So there's all of these positions and um, that, that have to be refilled with brand new untested players. Here's the thing though. At the end of the day, Mac Brown is still your head football coach. Hey, uh, Isaac, what do you got? Uh, what do you got coming up on your uh, on your podcast? Well, uh, this week we are going to be talking more, obviously, about this this Carolina team. What what are the expectations they have? I think a lot of people automatically say, "Hey, championship or bust." We all know that's not how it works in college basketball. Look, look at what happened to Baylor this year, right? Com- coming off of what they did and. Anything can happen in, in the NCAA tournament. So we're going to compare them to UCLA and, and the run they had two years ago. Uh, I've got an interview with Jamie Ortega, who is Carolina's main player on the women's lacrosse team. And then the NFL draft coming up this week. So we're talking Sam Howell a whole lot. We, uh, we appreciate your time, as always, Isaac. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a joy. Isaac Shade from uh, the uh, podcast Locked on Tar Heels.